Tonight's guest is a painter whose works pierce the qualities of Claire Obscure with the softness of Eugène Carrier. He believes an eternal mindset is vital to avoid reflecting your time, and the solution he proposes is to study the ancient Chinese philosophy of Taoism. Cheng Wu, Hello, welcome Hello. to the Cave of Pillars. Hello. Thank you. So, uh, tonight we'll be looking at the, to me, somewhat strange position of figurative painting <laughs> in yeah. China today. And, uh, but our main focus will be to unearth some surprising similarities, but also differences between uh, Chinese and Western classical painting. And we'll look at how not trying might be better than trying and yeah. how egocentrism might be what uh, hinders your pursuit of a higher goal. Uh, but before we get to that, tell us what happened on your way here, because this painting was not supposed to hang here. Yeah, I, I think that I'm probably the first one to brought the bad example here, because this painting is not that good. And the finished one was stolen during my flight to Austria. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so sad. I mean, I know Aldner uh, was very fond of that. Uh, yes, I mean, uh, he had told me that that was one of the best portraits he had ever seen. That's so strange, but you, t you took it in the luggage. Yes, it was in the suitcase. And then when I arrived in Oslo, and yeah. I was told that your suitcase is delayed. And the next day, they, someone delivered the suitcase to me right. in Oslo, then, and I opened it, and it's gone. So someone opened it, took it out, and then... I think so, yeah. My God. But why didn't you send it, uh, or why didn't you... Yes, I did. I reported. Yeah. Yeah. I but called um, the agency in Hong Kong, but I don't know. They, they didn't reply me yet. Right, right, right. But why didn't you take it on the plane? Because if I... At the last time I did it, and they think that there's some... Uh, I, I was trying to smuggle a painting. <laughs> <laughs> then they retained my, my painting for over two weeks, I think. Where, 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 was it? where was this? It was in Japan. They thought it was an old master? Yes, I, I don't know. They just maybe some antiques painting. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's not strange because when I... <clears throat> I mean, I remember the first portrait that I saw that you had made. Uh, the one in, in, by, of Andreas. Which was an amazing uh, experience to me. I mean, it's uh, th th that's why I also mentioned Ocean Carrier in the in the introduction here, because you have this this, this amazing ability to have the whole form, and then you subdue all the face within that form. The, it's, the eyes are not drawn; it's not too harsh. A lot of painters, I think, can can do that, but you have this very soft. Quality. Have you been been looking at uh, yeah, Korea? Yeah, sure. That's how Korea did it. Yeah. So uh, I just tried to do the same. Yeah. Yes. Right. And the first uh, first time I saw Korea's painting, it was in uh, it was like uh, seven years ago uh, mm -hmm. in France in Strasbourg, and it was in um, Musée des Beaux Arts. There was a lot of um, masterpiece there. Yeah. And when I saw Korea's painting, I was shocked. Right. Yeah, but now they are put, putting them down. You couldn't see those paintings in, in that museum now. Okay. Yeah. 
But before you got to uh, Strasbourg, you you were also educated uh, within painting in China. Yes, uh, it's a high school. It's a high okay. school actually, and we we spent a lot of time in uh, doing classical figurative painting and drawings. I mean, right. we learning the system of um, was I, I think it was created by those Soviet people. Uh, the Ilya Repin is our yeah. role model. Ilya Repin, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you you were not told to do modern things or conceptual or anything. Of course not. Like, no. Of course not. That's, <laughs> it's not of course to me. <laughs> because if you try to uh, improve yourself, if you try to get better, you you have to learn from the masters. Right. That's logical. For yeah. me, to me, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it should be logical. Yes. But, I mean, the, the po my point is that whenever I meet figurative painters from at least from you know at least Western countries, yeah. Um, as I say, at best they don't really learn anything, and they're always pushed to do conceptual things or mo so-called modern uh, modern things. Yeah, I made the same situation when I was in France. Yeah. Okay. Know, How was that? How was that for you? I mean, that must have been a shock for you. <laughs> because I, I graduated from high school, then uh, I wanted to go to Europe because there's a lot of amazing thing here. You can see Rembrandt, I mean, Da Vinci. So I came here. Yeah. Then I applied for the Academy de Beaux-Arts in, in Strasbourg, and I was shocked again because they told me that, oh, the thing that you are doing is too classical. Yeah. This is not art. Right. It's, it's, it shocked me because in my, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know, I didn't know anything about kitsch. I right. thought painting is, is, um, is art. Yeah. Yeah. And I was um, so shocked. So then uh, uh, I stopped studying that place and I, I just travel to different museums to see old master painting. Okay. Yes. Okay, so you, you basically studied your, by yourself? Yes. Right. And, uh, okay, and the, but there was another experience that was, might have been on, on your, one of your journeys then, in the Louvre. Yes, yes. I mean, that was, uh, that's the, I mean, the second day when I got uh, to France, in France, and uh, I, I went to the Louvre, right. and I see the paint, the very small painting by Vimeo. It's called astronaut. Oh, astronomer. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Astronomer. <laughs> so astronauts go into yes. space. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it was amazing. It, yeah. it was so small. Yeah. It was so small and amazing because I I, I mean I'm from China. Yeah. Yeah. I have there's no I don't have the same cultural background as uh, Mr. Vermeer did and. We are so far away. I mean, when I look at it, it was it, it was so amazing. It, it shocked me. Yeah. Yeah. That you could relate to it without yes, problems. Yes. And right. uh, I don't need any explanation there. Right. Because when you go to the uh, modern art museum, when you see those big things going on there, and they, you see a lot of <coughs> explanation there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. accompanying text, yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, that was why you were not interested also in contemporary art. I mean, you didn't have any lust to go in that direction. No, I, I, 
I don't want to because, well, I don't like it. Yeah. That's all. And I don't want to lie to myself. I don't yeah. want to force myself to do it. I don't want to do it for anything. Right. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so to so give us an understanding of what you're generally interested in, I mean, is it mostly portraits that, that you do? Yeah, but because um, I think composition for is is too hard for me. For instance, I I will try later. But right. for instance, I think I'm a beginner. I'm still a beginner. I want to uh, do better and better. Right. So that's why I'm I'm now focusing on portraits. Right. Yes. Okay. I, I think that I'm not good enough. But you're interested in creating a narrative or making a composition. Or yes, I, I will, but yeah. uh, not now. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So are there any other um, sources of inspiration uh, for you when it comes to painters? But uh, Vermeer, Carrier? Uh, Rembrandt, of course. He's one of right. the best painters in history. Right. Yeah. He could but, paint so many details at the same time, I mean, uh, without destroying the whole. Right. Yes. It's amazing. Right. But that, I mean, as far as I know, Chinese uh, painting, Rembrandt is quite different. Am I wrong? Oh, well, uh, it depends how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I think they both study from the nature. Right. That's the, the key point. Right. Yes. Right, and we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Taoism, which is, <clears throat> has been a fascinating thing. I mean, I knew virtually nothing about it before we um, agreed to do this conversation. But, but uh, we'll wait a bit uh, when it comes to that, because um, you sent me some images of painters that are favored today in China. Yeah. And they were, speaking of what you said in the beginning, they were uh, heroic multi-figures. Yes. With a flag, yeah, Chinese yeah. flag, and, uh, and um, uh, very reminiscent of typical Soviet yes, uh, type exactly. of painting. You, I was mind blown the first time you, you talked to me about the situation for figurative painters in China. You have to explain what's going on. <laughs> well, uh, we have great respect for those figurative painters in China today. Right. And uh, is, they are still playing the main role in China. They're and still the f first violinist. Yes, yeah. of course. And they are supported by the government. And they, <laughs> yes, they do. They are. They are supported by the government, and they have. Um, yeah, they, they, I'm sorry. They have this, this reminds me of you. And they have free houses to work free? in. Free? Yes, free. I mean, the government pay for it. <laughs> uh, this, if this was not too idiosyncratic, I would start talking about this Norwegian children's song, which is about. The country where everything is backwards. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel when I come here. I was so surprised. Well, you're backwards. <laughs> China is backwards. I mean, f for me, yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, you're backwards. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's better. I, yes. I agree. That's much better. Okay, sorry. Uh, but, but so, uh, as a figurative painter in China, you can actually make money? And of course, they make a lot of money. A lot, really a lot. Well, I shouldn't say that, but they, they, are, they are very uh, rich. That's amazing. And that's what you hear about. And they are, most of them, I mean, those big figures, they are most, 
mostly those uh, professors in art academy. Yeah, B because we, we are still having the traditional paintings in uh, art academy now. Wow. You know, you could choose. You could choose to be a modern artist. You could choose to be a um, figurative painter. Yeah. It's your choice. Right. They have, they have them both. So <laughs> what you're describing is a much freer situation. Yes, I think so. I, well, I, um, I think I'll be probably moving to China quite, <laughs> quite yeah, soon. You, you should. <laughs> I, I, I can be that difficult to learn a language. Yeah. No, okay, so, so tell us more about what, what kind of influence does, do these figurative painters have? What, what are the possibilities for them? I mean, you, you mentioned some kind of a community that was... Yes, they have right. built community for painters. Uh, for example, uh, there's a very uh, good painter called Yang Feiyun. He's, um, he's a big figure in China and he built a very big community in Beijing. I mean, they have a uh, building that's for, for teaching. They have uh, like a uh, model every day so that students they can, could just paint from life. And for those teachers, I mean, for those uh, painters, uh, they, will, they will have their own house and studio. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. But I mean, in Beijing? Yes, in Beijing. And, but you have a community, how does this work? I mean, he made the house or what, what's, what's going on? Well, um, from you... what I know, the government gave him the, the place, I mean, the land, and he built everything. And they, he even built a museum inside the community. It's a big museum. It's, a, it's, it's very good. That's amazing. Yeah. They will exhibit their works there and uh, they will have maybe some painters from, from, uh, from, from Europe to exhibit in, in that museum too. I mean, all the uh, contemporary artists in China should move to the West and all the classical figuratives in the West should go to China. I think so because um, <laughs> the modern art is not that supported by the government in China. Yeah, but is it, it worked against? Well, um, they don't have any comment about that. They right. just let, let it burn or something. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, they, I think the modern art in China is supported by the Western. <laughs> yes. Western it, states. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, they, they, sell, they sell a lot of things, though. That's amazing. They're supporting modern artists in China. I mean, most of them are, 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 West, are from the West yeah. or people from Hong Kong, something like that. Right, right. Not from the mainland China. But, but, but this, like this community you're describing, yes. are there several of them around in different places in China? I mean, are, are, are yes, there many they painters? They, they, they have a community like that, 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 like what I was talking about in Wuhan in Shanghai, in uh, Guangzhou, and several cities. Right, right, yeah. right, right. They are all supported by the government. But this was, uh, okay, so it was given by the government, this um, place you mentioned in, in uh, Beijing, but <clears throat> this painter spent his own money. No. no that, that was built by the, yes. by the government. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, they they mostly pay for everything. Some 
some painters even don't have to pay for their art supplies. I mean, the government will pay for it. You, and, could, and what, what, you could apply for it. You, but you have to do some, uh, some propaganda works for the government. Right. Yeah, for example, you have to uh, make some uh, big composition about how the communists uh, won the civil war. Right. For example. Yeah. Right, right. Something like that. Or portrait commissions and yes, stuff like that? Yes, maybe. Right. So I'm getting interested. Are there any other benefits? Well, um, I think they're getting enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, um, what is also fascinating is that you told me, uh, and this might be connected with, with what you're describing, you told me that uh, you didn't have in Chinese a word for art until uh, like a hundred years ago. Yes. They don't have a word for art uh, like until I think 19th centuries. Yeah. That it, right. It's come from the West, of course. Right. Before that, we, we, we only have uh, paintings, sculpt, sculpture, and you, calligraphy or something like that. You would define them by the, the name of the discipline? Of course, yeah. I mean, this is what, what uh, well, this is how it was in Europe in the 15th century, 16th century, in, in that period. You would just say painting or sculpture or whatever. But I read, preparing for this uh, conversation, uh, on your suggestion, I read this, The yeah. Path of Beauty. And, uh, and he does mention something about um, uh, not having the word art. But there was another word, and I'll not try to say it in Chinese, uh, which covers painting and sculpture, but also food and other things. And it just means that which gives you pleasure. I don't remember the, the, the exact word, but this point was that, well, there was... Mei Shu, it's probably Mei Shu. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mei Shu, it's... Huh. Um, uh, if you translate it, I mean, literally translated to English is beauty and uh, grafting. Uh, beauty and crafting? Yes, Mei Shu. Okay. There's two characters, uh -huh. two Chinese characters. The first one means beauty, yeah. and the second one means grafting. Okay. Yes. Right. That's the word you were talking about. Oh. And so, okay, but with the word art, uh, you didn't get the word kitsch? No, until this year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we have it now. Now, yeah, what, what is kitsch in Chinese then? Kechi. <laughs> Kechi? Yes. Yeah. It means harsh and strange. Harsh and strange. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, um, uh, and just this year you got yeah, that word. Yeah, just this year. Before I, uh, I've tried to uh, Google it. Yeah. I mean, translate it uh, on Google, but I couldn't find any. Right. No. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see, we'll see how these things uh, develop and what what it will be used for. I mean, um, have you read anything written about kitsch in Chinese now? Is it becoming something? Well, they have a word for it, and they have something uh, written by Greenberg, the, right, okay. yeah, the critics. Right. Yes, I think that the word kitsch is from that article that uh, Greenberg was wrote, uh, oh. written. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it's not, so it has 
the exact same connotation, more or less, as it does in the West. Yes. Right. It was translated into uh, Chinese. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, because in 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 uh, the West, of course, this is, was used as an attack on the classical old master culture. And um, I was thinking, if you, we, and that, that, that's a nice segue into starting to talk about uh, classical Chinese painting, and um, give us a little overview over the the greatest period in Chinese painting. It's around um, it's around uh, thousands, around the year thousand. Yes, yeah, it's around the year of thousands, and uh, it was. Dynasty Song. Song, yeah. Yes, and it was, um, I mean, for example, Li Chen is from that period, and he's one of the best yeah. painters in history. Right. Yeah. And at that time, painters are mostly influenced by the ideas of Tao. Right. Yeah. And if we talk about, we'll get to that, but if you talk about uh, specifically the technique that they used, what what was the uh, how did they paint on what did they paint on? Um, it depends. They they paint on papers or silk, silk some, yeah. some fabric yeah. made of silk, yeah. and they use um, ink and uh, brush. Right, Chinese brush is kind of uh, um, something very different. It's something very different. Right. it's very soft. Right. And it strikes me when reading this book, The Path of Beauty, and looking at uh, Li Cheng's uh, work. I mean, this is a, I think it's called a solitary temple. Uh, uh, and uh, it, it struck me looking into the, it that there are strong similarities between what he was doing and what you could find in, in uh, uh, classical Western painting. I mean, there are. When I look at him, he has the same kind of uh, uh, atmosphere as you find, for example, in Leonardo. Yeah, sure. And I found that it's extremely similar to the painters called Hartwig. Hartwig, yes. Yes. When mm. you, if you look at how he painted the trees, yeah. and you look at the painting that Hartwig did, yeah. I mean, it's almost the same. Yeah. Yeah. Completely the same. Yeah. It's very strange. And they, they were so, they, I'm sure they have never talked to each other. <laughs> I mean, um, he was, uh, was a thousand years earlier. Right. That's an amazing thing. And yes. it's the same, you know, uh, there are strange things because they're, it's, they're the same goals, the same uh, you know, creation of three-dimensionality, uh, spatial depth, and and um, uh, also this, do you know that old Dutch concept of howding? Yeah. Which de denotes uh, a, a painting where you're able to walk in between the different yes. figures and then disappear into the horizon. Yeah, we, we have a saying in Chinese, China too. Yeah. When, when you, yeah, if you make something very nice, you could walk into it. Yeah. And right. disappear. Right, right. It's a very romantic saying, I think. And it's fascinating to me because we are taught to look at these, these things in very strict categories. But what we're talking about here, 
the way of, of using foggy lines, sharper contrasts to create um, a spatial depth um, is, the, is the same as you find in the West. So we're talking basically about objective rules yes. across time, across culture. Yeah. If you, I mean, for example, if you make it flat, you lose. You have to create space when you made those figurative paintings. It's this exactly the same. I mean, yeah. those Chinese old masters, they yeah. create space. Yeah. And that's everything. When they, if, when they paint a tree, have a pine tree, they will, maybe they will like highlight some part of it and they, they will make uh, the, the rest weaker. Right. And that's how they do it. Right, right. And, and that's the natural law. That's how we see things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they did in the, in the West. I mean, those uh, old masters from, from the West. Right. Yeah, and I'm thinking about how, you know, in the, with the modernism in, in, uh, in the West, we're told as well, there are different viewpoints and this can also be a reality and so. But as you're saying now, we're not talking about how a fly sees the world. You're talking about how the human being sees the world, right? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, if you um, try to get better and better, then you will climb up to the peak and right. all the people will meet there. Right. I mean, all the masters, they will meet there. Right. There's only one highest peak right. in the world. Yeah, I remember Adnan uh, said something like that when I was a student talks about one highest level. Not that there are so people getting increasingly better, but this one highest level. And there, they, they uh, just look at it like, like each other. And you have the same view yeah. when you climb up to the highest peak. Right. Yeah. But also at the bottom, there's the same view. I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've been looking at some... This is, this is so weird. Uh, the best Chinese works are like Hartwig or like Leonardo. But the worst Chinese works are also like the worst in Europe. Yes, they start to use color. I mean, the <laughs> green and red. And they, they start to make very big signature there. Right. Yes, they make big character yeah, and signature on, on, on the painting. I mean, that's... And writing on it. Yes, yes. I mean, today they write fucking stuff, but, <laughs> but uh, still writing on the... Yeah, on but the... Uh, in the past, I mean, for example, Li Chen, he will hide his signature. He will hide it? Yes. You couldn't see it in, on, on his painting, right? Right. No, no. No. No, no, that's... Definitely not. Okay, so when you get to the 19th century in Europe, with these great signatures, that's a sign of complete degeneration. Yes, we, we, we do it too in China uh, in the beginning of uh, around 15 centuries in China. Yeah. They do the same thing. It's crazy. You were before us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They start to make those structures to express their feelings. Yeah. That's what they, what they say. Right. That's, they were conscious. Of, they, they really said that. Yeah, they really said that exactly the same and egocentric painting begins at that right. time when europe is going up china goes down yeah and it was the worst time of china in the history it was the in, worst in what, time in what way i mean uh the country was was ruled by the mandarin they okay. came from the north and they don't they're not that cultural 
and they learn everything from the Han and they build up kingdoms and they rule the country in a really wrong way okay. and we go straight down to the bottom and we have those um, opium wars I mean right. we lost every war right that's so weird yeah and that and you know looking at uh, well 14th century Chinese painting as you say there are these strong colors yep. I remember this one landscape and the trees are I mean just green and red <laughs> and red <laughs> they got flowers on it <laughs> right and it's it's color on paper or, or on on, on um, uh, uh, linen or no I'm sorry, sorry uh, silk <laughs> yeah and the point is it becomes color it's not nature anymore no it's not how it is yeah and then there's, there's this also, also this, uh, I don't know enough about it, so you, you just correct me if I'm saying something wrong here. But, but uh, it seems like they go from study of nature to then the stroke Yes, they, being. they start to express their own feelings. That's yeah. what they have saying. saying. So every, the stroke shall be the feeling. Yes, exactly. That's so you weird. Can, you can see it in, in this book. It yeah. was mentioned yeah. very yeah. clearly. Yeah. They say that uh, they're saying at that time, I mean, in that dynasty song, it's Wu Wu Zing. Wu Wu Zing, it means that me is gone. There's no me. In my painting, there's no me. Really? And then when the egocentric painting begins, it's Yu Wu Zing. Yu Wu Zing, it means that me, me, me. Yeah. That's a literal translation? No, not me. No, not, but it's very. It's, yeah, it, it means that me is there. Me is in the painting. That's so strange. Yes, very strange. That's quite the exact opposite of this thing, the meeting on the highest peak and everybody are the same. I mean, yes, yeah, so in their own feelings. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at early Munk and late Rembrandt and, uh, and Titian and John Constable in, in Europe, then you have the story, you know, then they look the same. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. But also, there's another thing that, that strikes me, that these uh, images by Li Cheng and also his student, Fan Quan, yeah. they have a, what you would call an eternal perspective. And they... I mean, they make the painting in exactly the same way, and they um, they use the the same composition, and they use the the same way to depict the details. Right. So it was no question of originality no. at all. It's just like um, uh, Leonardo and Raphael. Hmm. Not trying to be me. No. Yeah. They have never talked about that. Right. And the opposite of that then is when you talk about uh, uh, so so that's the Ming period then where things go go down, down. yes yeah, yeah. With the, which is Renaissance Baroque in in, in Europe yeah. uh, then you go from eternally valid images to more contemporary images yeah I think you could say that right yes of course yeah. so so China is way more earlier. <laughs> really early yeah. about that, yeah. yeah. And when it comes to, to uh, uh, but but there's there seems to be some uh, differences uh, as well. 
when it comes to to uh, storytelling. Uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. In the West, there seems to be a much, much stronger emphasis on Aristotle, you know, drama, and and uh, real action going on between figures. Whereas uh, China, the Chinese painting seems to be more sort of uh, lyrical or, or meditative or so. Is that a fair description? Yes, I think that's right. That's right. That's right. And um, I think it's because they're mostly influenced by Taoism. Right. Because um, um, and Taoism, we, we, we suggest people to leave the society. Right. Where they think that society is something will will take you down. Okay. Yeah, you should look for the bigger uh, bigger powers that could could help you to become smarter, right. to climb. Right. And then that's na nature, and they think nature they um, nature doesn't have emotion, doesn't have feeling. It's a it's a it's a you could say that Tao is nature. And nature builds everything. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, <clears throat> we'll devote some time to, to really understand what Taoism as such is uh, before we get to how it uh, influenced, uh, especially song uh, painting. Um, but if we stick a little bit to uh, differences between the West and China, there seems to be a stronger focus on the individual in the West. I mean, you have you mentioned Rembrandt. Yes. This is the face, the person sitting there, and uh, and uh, whereas in China it's more an of an emphasis on landscapes, and I remember there's this um, uh, there's this um, story that Alan Watts mentions, the philosopher. He was talking a lot about Taoism, uh, about the poet in the landscape, and in China. You have this great landscape, in landscape painting, great landscape, and you have to look, and then after a while you find the poet sitting there. Whereas in, in, uh, in European painting, the poet would be in the foreground, and then you would have some landscape uh, behind him. And uh, it strikes me also that there is, or I'm asking you uh, rather, there's no real, like, Caravaggio or Goya uh, in Chinese painting. Well, we might have some of them, but it's uh, it's like uh, in Dynasty Tang. Right. It's way earlier, but it wasn't last. Uh, it wasn't last long. Right. Then painters they start to uh, do those landscape painting, right. and it lasts for uh, centuries. Mm -hmm. And that's something very curious. Mm. For me too, because obviously we we could if we go to the museum in the West, we could see those uh, painting full of figures in yeah. in there, but we don't we don't have those figures. Maybe we we have a very small figures in the in that landscape, but we don't have that strong character or strong uh, very uh, light contract of light. Yeah, yeah, we don't have that. But how how is that then in um uh, I mean, I've seen some Chinese sculpture. Yes. So obviously there, there are figures, <laughs> figures there. Um, do you know much about that? Is that is there more 
I, I mean, uh, is there more drama, more uh, action going on? Well, uh, you see that they are uh, find the, they are trying to reach the uh, different kind of state of mind. It's very peaceful. Right. Yeah. They're sitting there peacefully. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah, because I, I think that's something very cultural. Because we 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 were taught by those uh, uh, philosophy like Zhuangzi and Laozi. Calm, don't pursue all those things that's around you. Right. I mean, if you see your friends have have a fancy car, forget about it. Right. Don't just 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 sit there <laughs> <laughs> and and don't do anything with it. Yeah. So now you mentioned the two big names in within Taoist philosophy, yeah. uh, and I think we're more than ripe to, to for for getting a sort of overview of Taoism proper. So I don't know where you want to start. What is Taoism? Well, in the very beginning, is Taoism. I think it's a way of living. But, okay. So, so when does it start? Just to give a sense sense of. I think it's uh, it's before. 500 BC, right? Yeah, Where, uh, and Lao Tzu lived at that. Yes, Lao Tzu was was born at that time, I think. Yeah, and they, uh, th- those people, those Taoism people, they start to think that the society is is very evil in some point, and they have no faith in humanity, yeah. and they think that we should not follow our desire. I'm sorry, you said they had no faith. In humanity. In humanity, okay. Yes, yeah. because they do they did a lot of a mess. Do yeah. not follow your desire because it will only drive you to uh, some chaotic situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that but I mean to a Westerner that sounds very sort of uh, easily sounds sort of totalitarian or or uh, uh, religious that you should deny what you really want as as out of a duty, and that re- keeps people down. That's a typical Western perspective on this, but I guess that's not what how you see it. Yes, because I think that's uh, when you want a fancy car. I think it's not what you really want. It's the society right. make you want a fancy car. Right. Yes, and that's not what you really want. I mean, that's something better out there. I mean, you you have the whole nature there. You could study from nature. Yeah. I mean, you could get way more pleasure with nature. Right. So it's not about really denying uh, pleasure, but finding you know, the best pleasure. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could say it that way. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, so uh, when is is Zhuangzi? Uh, is that I don't know how, if I'm pronouncing yes, it correct. Yes, Zhuangzi. Yes. When when does, when when does he live? Um, it's like two hundred years uh, after after Lao Tzu. Yeah. That. Yeah. And uh, he he is the guy who pushed Taoism to the highest peak. I, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, he's a very romantic guy. Yeah. He he suggested people to live in the live in the uh, woods, but he I I don't think he he really mean that. Right. Because he was trying to tell you that, do not uh, be cheated, be cheated by your surrounding. Right. That's it. Right. Because he's, um, I mean, Taoism is not 
uh, actually very uh, passive because he wants you to achieve a higher level. Right. Uh, he's telling you how to do that. Yeah. Yes. And that's, uh, that's one thing I really wanted to, to hear you say more about. Uh, my impression when I read uh, Dao De Jing, which is uh, Lao Tzu's uh, b um, book, is that you could, especially if you think typically sort of modern rationalistic, see Taoism uh, uh, as, as being very passive. Yeah. It's just sort of giving up. So what is the difference between, between um, uh, 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 dropping things in the society and then giving up. I mean, it's not the same thing. No. What's he's telling you that there's something better. And yeah. he's telling you that the things that you are listening to or you are following, it's not something can guide you. Right. Yes. I mean, the society, I mean, was built by human. And the nature was, you could say that it's made by God. Right. Uh, so, which one is better? So, it's talking about uh, following internal principles? Yes. Or eternal values? Yes. Uh -huh. That's how you can be timeless. That's, a, that's everything. Yeah, that's, that struck me. He's, he's basically saying live in eternity. Yes. Don't live here and now. No, don't live here now. Just, you, sh you should reach timeless. Yeah. And by following the natural law, that's how you do it. Right. Yes, you can reach that. Maybe you're not going to live forever, but the things that you have been doing, for example, your painting <clears throat> could reach time, could be timeless. Right. In that way. So, okay. So, so how do you, um, how do you leave society? I mean, you have to live in society somehow. Yes. But it's a—is it a question of not letting it own you totally? Yeah, exactly. So you're free in your mind. Yes, he was—he yeah. wasn't talking about uh, you should live in the rules like like a like like like, like animals. Right. You don't. You just you shouldn't rule by your desire. I mean, you shouldn't rule by the society. Right. You should be very clear what what is better to, for you and what what to pursue. Yeah. Right. And what is better? Right. How does the concept of uh, Wu Wei come into this? Wu Wei, it means that, um, for example, um, you could, some people, they, uh, for example, those egocentric painters. Egocentric? Egocentric painters, they try to express that their feeling. Right. Yes, they, they try to do that all the time. But you could express your feeling, but not by doing it in purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you following the nature law, then your true feelings will reveal in your paintings. Right. You, you didn't do it in purpose. Right. Because we, we, we always could uh, see the melancholic quality in those old masterpieces. I mean, that's some kind of feeling too. And I think that's so real. I mean, it's real. And yeah. when, you, when you look at those paintings by 
I mean, those emotional painting by egocentric painters. Yeah. I mean, it's just something very superficial. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about that. Reading Path of Beauty, reading Tao Te Ching, and uh, I was not too long ago, I uh, talked with a, a uh, modern artist. Yeah. And he was talking a lot about catharsis. Yeah, and I was thinking, well, this is what what we're talking about within Kitsch too. And then I, I thought about what he was saying, and it was all about that it was his catharsis. Because these motifs were his life, and he felt this and this when he painted it. It wasn't in the paintings, but it was sort of an exorcism for him. I guess that's the same thing you're, you're describing here. I mean, in from what I've seen in Chinese sort of art painting. Yeah. It's a lot of strokes, a lot, you know, the, the, the material becomes the important thing. Yes. And yes. you're sort of dependent on knowing the story behind it to uh, see it as, as uh, valuable. Yeah. Right. So it's much more similar than you would think. Also, the, the really good things and the really bad things yeah, <laughs> are it's, similar it's, throughout <laughs> cultures and times. Yeah, it's, it's very ironic that um, those egocentric, they say that uh, kitsch painters, they re they're repeating themselves. Yeah, yeah. But in my opinion, uh, those modern artists, they are the one who who is keep uh, who is repeating themselves because yeah. or re repeating the times. Yes, that's what and, they do, and they they don't. I mean, as a uh, kitsch painter, you may change. For example, I mean, last time I was there, um, when I saw us painting. It wasn't like this. I mean, yeah. now, I mean, this time when I come here, I realize he is becoming better and better. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the difference. Because you have objective qualities to, yes. to work with. Yeah. Right. He didn't repeat and you himself. And uh, you as a Chinese, even though you're Chinese, yes. <laughs> you can see this. <laughs> right. And if, I mean, I mean, those uh, modern artists, they just change the content, maybe change the way they express their feeling, but the feeling is the same. Right. Nothing changed. Actually. And I think I think that has to do with okay, getting back to 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 okay Taoism, leaving society, and then you have this concept of Wu Wei, which I think we should talk more about. But for now, uh, I my impression is that in general language, when people talk about my feelings, their gut feeling. Yep. is more or less always an exact copy of what one thinks today, what one feels today. Exactly. And is this why you should not should leave your your desires because they are not your desires. No. If you are thinking contemporary, then you're just following what everybody else yeah, exactly. are doing. So that's the po is that a main point with Taoism? Well, I think so. You you yeah, you you you're right, I right. think. Yes. Right. And but we we wait then. Could you say something more about that? Because I find it an intriguing concept. The translation I have heard, and you would know this better, is, um, or, or someone has have translated with uh, non-action, and that has been criticized for being uh, sounding too passive. But then a better translation supposedly is to say that it's effortless action. Yes, exactly. It, There's a story about it. There's a short story about a, a butcher. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, the story Tell about the story. a butcher is uh, he's uh, he's that's so strong, uh, right? Yes, that's strong. Yeah. He's so good at it. Right. When he slaughter a cow, and he doesn't have to, uh, he he doesn't have to sharpen his blade. I mean, the blade. He just, he just can do it effortless yeah. because he knows so much about the the cow. I mean, the joint. I mean, yeah. when you should use your 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 power. Yeah, and right. it looks so easy for him because. He learned from the nature, right? Yes. When he learned from the nature, everything becomes so natural. It's it's so easy, right? He's becoming a smarter people, smarter person, right? That's what he's he was talking about. Wu Wei, do not focus on. I mean, I mean, do do not focus on your knife. Do not focus on what you are doing. Right. Just try to make yourself smarter. Then everything will go. Through very naturally. It's an amazing story. Yes. Uh, there's there are uh, there are other stories too. Uh, there's this one. Is that Alan Watts again? I th I, I don't know where it's from, but it, it it illustrates the same point. This man is out chopping wood, I think. Yeah. And he sees some kind of strange animal. He thinks I'm going to have that for dinner, and he tries to take it, and suddenly it's behind him. And he runs after it this way, and it's there. And then he thinks, oh, I'll go this way now, because he'll show up there, and I can take him. And then the animal says to him, you think I'll, be, I'll show up there, so you can take me. And then in the end, he just gives up, and he's using the axe, and then the blade falls off and hits the animal and kills it. Oh. When he doesn't care about it anymore. Yes. You could, you, you could uh, understand it in this way. Too. But how, how could you translate that to, to uh, painting? I mean, shouldn't you strive to learn? I mean, if you don't get a portrait working, shouldn't you really try and just strive through it and get it, well, um, make it better? Yes, because um, as what you have talked about my, my, my painting, Portrait of Andreas, yeah. yes, I've, I've, I've painted so many details without destroying the whole. I mean, yeah. I think that's something I have learned from Taoism. It's fascinating because sometimes you need to step back. You 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 need to leave the painting. You need to step back. Yeah. So so it's it's not a matter of giving up. No, no. You need to step back and maybe give yourself a minute, and you you should look at it and you should find a solution by by learning from the nature. I mean, by looking at up by through observation. Right. I mean, not not just. Uh, being so into your paintings and keep doing yeah. this like this, yeah. then it would be a mess. Right. Yes. Yeah, it, it's... So this is kind of what I'm saying to my students then. Typically, when they have light, they use a lot of white. You know, because oh, it should be lighter, lighter, lighter. And then I said, okay, come on, take it easy now. Well, step back, look at it, and compare with other things. Exactly. And you see you don't need that much white. Yeah, I mean, John is teaching <laughs> yeah. you how to paint. Yeah, 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 and I think that's exactly the same thing that going on when you when you do the painting. That's amazing. But how? Okay, so uh, bef before we talk a little bit about how it relates to other things to understand what Taoism really is, uh, on your point about learning from nature. I mean, this is Li Cheng. It's an amazing uh, work. And his student, uh, Fan Quan, has amazing things too. 
Um, but were, wasn't this a normal sort of student-master relationship? How did they Yes, learn? That, that's, that's, that's normal. That's how they start as a painter. Right. You have to learn from the masters. I mean, yeah. you have to learn from someone who is better than you because sometimes you just couldn't find a connection between you and the nature. I mean, yeah. that's very hard. Yeah, because I've seen some sort of comments and, uh, and uh, ideas about Taoism. It's, oh, just follow your own voice and do what you feel and so. But it's not that, that's no, not the point. No, he, he was suggesting people to find natural law and that's the law that have everything built. I mean, everything, the universe. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we, we have a saying that one, the, the figure one, it, it born everything. It gave birth to everything. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have to find that one, the figure yeah. one. Yeah. So, uh, during the study, uh, for the, those beginners, they really don't have the connection with the nature. Right. Maybe they couldn't find one. So, they need the master to help them to get there. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's a process. And you you couldn't you 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 could never uh, stop doing that because if if you try to do it by yourself, if it's it could be a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a certain guidance is okay. Yes. <laughs> it reminds me of something also that that uh, Constable was talking about this learning from the masters. But at a certain point, you have to you can't just do that. You have to learn from nature. And uh, I think it was also was it Lysippos. Greek sculptor talked about the exact same thing. Nature is my master. Yeah, it's exactly the same. So they, it's, it's it's not a, a, a completely different idea than than the West. No, no, it's it's completely the same because yeah. um, I I have I've seen something about um, Rodin has said that too. Rodin, yes, yeah, the same thing. Yes, because uh, uh, you should then. I mean, you shouldn't just look at uh, learning from the from the master in the very superficial way. You should uh, you should see how the master pursue the nature. Right. That's what you should do. Right. And at a certain point, you're able to to figure out how nature works by itself. Yeah. Because you have the right tools to look, look yes, for it. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So. So when you, you when you talk about the nature law, I mean going back to sort of the bird's eye view of Taoism. Taoism, you say it doesn't have morale or feelings. Well, um, I think Tao, the word Tao, is very similar to God in the West. I mean, okay, in the West, but it's not it's not a religion. No, it's not a religion. I mean, in in the West, I have heard that God have built everything. Yeah. You see, so uh, Tao is something very similar, but but it's not someone who punishes no. or favors no. people. No, or... no. I mean, I mean, Taoism. He obviously those philosophers they didn't personalize Tao. I they, mean, they hu did. humanize. Yeah. They didn't humanize Tao. No. It's I, they say that it's something. Uh, it's just there. It, it, so it, it, because it, it's translated in, into English as the way. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's a 
proper translation, but um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But my feeling is uh, my, my sensation sensation uh, from having read what what I've read is that the Tao is just the way nature works. Yeah. It doesn't. You can't pray to Tao and Tao will help no, you. No, no. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, there's no mercy or, or or cruelty at all. It's just the way it is. Yeah, that's very. That, that I think that's why, um, for example, Li Chen was influenced by Taoism. Yeah. And he makes something exactly like Hartwig did. Yeah. Because because Taoism is um, according drawn to Taoism, Tao is everywhere. Right. It's the way. Yeah. You you don't have to pray for for God or something, Tao God or something to no. get Tao. Yeah. You just learn from the nature. Right. Then you could be a Taoism person. It's an extremely powerful uh, way of thinking. Yeah. You don't have to. Right. Yes. It's everywhere because. And it's a completely different thing than that. The problem with then, as opposed to Taoism, the problem with with the uh, religion, I mean Christianity, uh, is this is something I read in Hermann Brock about Kitsch, and he quotes, um, uh, I guess that's Luther, who's saying that that a a, uh, a good, very short, a good work doesn't create a good man, but a good man creates a good work, and by that he means that if you are a true believer then what you create will be good, regardless of the quality of the painting itself. And that's a completely different way of thinking. I mean, Taoism says you, there's no reward or punishment or anything like that. There is you and your ability to study yes. nature. And whether you're a painter or a scientist, I guess, or whatever. No. no. But how then does Taoism relate to, for example, uh, Confucianism? Well, uh, I think Confucianism is, uh, is something teaching people how to how to survive in the society, how to climb up to the top of the society. Right. So yeah, that, that's something uh, completely opposite, I think, in my opinion. So that's more for uh, conceptual artists in the West yes. and figurative painters in the, in the yes. China? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's very uh, interesting because they yeah. they're from the same time. It's just like Aristotle and 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 Plato. That's amazing. Because yeah, they are more or less. Yes, that's amazing. I mean, Confucius and Lao Tzu is just like Aristotle and Plato. So Plato would be Confucius. Yes. Yeah, because Plato is very clear on a very dictatorial state. Yes. Right. It also reminds me of this this nineteenth um, uh, century uh, European philosopher Hegel, because he is very concerned with you know time and different periods, and when you're finished with one period, you shut the door and you progress. And your duty is to follow that progress and help that progress. So it's a very sort of uh, sort of state philosophy uh, in a way, and I, it seems like what you're saying is that Confuci Confucianism is exactly the same. Yeah, I think so. Right, and and how does it? But how how does it relate to to Stoicism, for example? 
Well, um, I think I think That's, that should be more similar. Yeah, it's very similar. I mean, in the way, the way they, the way of living, when it, it comes to the way of living, is very similar. But Taoism, mm -hmm. they 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 discuss the the universe. I mean, they have discussion about the universe. Right? They yeah. discuss how how the universe was born, born, yeah. born. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. was born, but. Uh, I I don't have much study about Stoicism. No right. From what I know is uh, the 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 suggestion for the way of living is very similar. Yeah, uh, uh, and you know I I've read Epictetus and and um, uh, also uh, also that uh, Roman um, emperor Marcus Aurelius, and uh, basically they're talking about peace of mind. Ataraxia, mm. and the and um, I remember reading in a foreword to Marcus Aurelius that this should not be confused with apatia, apathy. So it seems like there's a similar um, problem. It might seem as a problem with Stoicism that it uh, says to you, "Oh, just be passive and accept whatever happens to you." But that's not the point. Uh, Epictetus talks about how you should be aware of what uh, what you have, uh, what you can control, and what you cannot control, and not spend time on the things you do not control because that's just. I mean, that would be the same as the as the butcher trying to go exactly against the bone all the time and not in the joints. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so for example, if you're 50 years old and you think, oh, I should be 20 again, and you use a lot of energy being sad about that. That's obviously not something you can do something with. And, but of course, it's, it's not saying that if there's a little resistance, just give up. Because there might be a path. It might be difficult, but it might be possible for you to do something about it. And I, so the, I think that's a, that's a, um, a clear uh, similarity. And it also seems to me to be a similarity with what you can read uh, about Jesus, yeah. Ah. He, he, I mean, there, there are several instances where he is very clear about do not respect the authorities of your time. You should relate to. You should should be able to live in an yes. eternal perspective. Yes, right? exactly. Right. Yeah, because um, um, I mean, for example, John, he doesn't want you to listen to him. He wants you to listen to the nature right yeah maybe that's a good idea of uh, knowing if someone is a good guy or not if they <laughs> say that yeah i think so yeah. because he always suggests there's a bigger power there right and he just wants to guide you in that direction he guide you <clears throat> yes so but then there's another thing here that struck me reading uh, uh lao tzu you could understand Taoism as the true friend of conceptual art, where you should. Uh, uh, there are things in there that sounds very similar as to uh, to that modern art way of thinking, with the genius just follow your inner voice and let that come out through your hands. Well, that's definitely not. De definitely not. Not because um, he was trying to tell you that just let go something that you could not control. 
Right. But you should pursue something. You should be a smarter people. You should you should climb up. I mean spiritually. Yeah. And I mean, how could you do that? Yeah. And then they, he, uh, John to say that very clearly. You should follow the nature. That's how you do it, right. because it, the nature is smarter than you. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a bigger power, and you can learn a lot of things from it yeah. when you study with it, and you become you you. I mean, you will be different. Yeah. Um, for example, you will be different than yesterday. Right. Because you will be more knowledgeable than yesterday. That's, That's how you make the change. That's fascinating. It reminds me of something that Constable said, uh, going out to paint. He said, uh, of that was after having studied Royston and these others. He said, you should never go out into nature with a preconception of how to compose because nature can compose much better than you. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, it's, it seems similar. I mean, if you are if you are ready to really look at nature, yeah, then you will see a composition <laughs> in your motif. Well, um, they're not talking about you should uh, give up nature. No, I mean that's a big difference. I think. No, 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 but 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 uh, I mean, he was talking about giving up or, or forgetting what you've studied in yeah. the old masters. And just look at what nature tells you. Well, um, I think the master is the star. Right. It's the star. It helps you how to uh, understand the nature more. Right. Right. Because that's what they do. Yeah. In 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 the past in China. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, is Taoism a friend of Kitchener? Yeah, I think so. I how's, think so. How's because he has great respect for the nature, and you could see those people who was uh, influenced by Taoism. It's very obviously they paint the, the same way as the Kitsch painters did. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest proof. Right. Yeah. And that's also, I mean, I mentioned uh, uh, um, Aristotle yeah. as someone typically more. That, that was sort of the basis for West, Western painting you know, and uh, literature and uh, different things too. Um, but this is also quite Aristotelian. The, the, the emphasis on empiricism. You have to study nature, not put your feelings first, but the no. study of nature yes. first. Yeah, they deny egocentric. Yeah. That's, that's the key point, I think. Yeah. I mean, Taoism, it did not egocentric. Yeah. And he, he, he's uh, suggesting those painters to be timeless. Right. And then we, we get to the, uh, to the similarity between Taoism and this idea of, of the levels of egocentrism, geocentrism, and heliocentrism. Yeah. You said something to me about Zhuangzi. Yeah, he has said something very, very interesting. He has yeah. categorized different kind of people. Right. The, the the first kind of people are those who have very little knowledge about anything. Right. And the second the second level is the people who has knowledge about certain things on the on on this earth. For example, he knows this is a chair. Uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. This is a table. Right. And this is a chair. 
And when he looked at uh, horses, and he could tell this is a horse. But when the next level is, he could know how everything was built. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's um, you know this whole idea of geocentrism is that's typically your naturalist or realist yes. stands here and paints the, what is there. Yeah. Exactly. But then when you come to the heliocentric perspective, you don't leave empiricism, but you see the earth as from outer space. You see the totality of the whole yes. human existence. And you, I, this is what Li Cheng yes. does. You master your knowledge. Yeah. You master your knowledge. You can use everything that you know in your, in your painting. Because yeah. when you look at his painting, he, he, I'm sure that he didn't paint exactly what, what he had seen through his eyes. Right. He changed a lot of things yeah because he knows he could do it so good because he knows how the, the mountains should go should, should just climb high up and how the how the trees grow right he knows so so when you're inspired by uh, Taoist philosophy as a painter it doesn't make you a naturalist no because you you're trying to find so the well the natural law yeah, because uh, we uh, we have a saying that um, in uh, between uh, Mondo's Chinese painter, they say that if you try to paint something exactly like what you have seen through your eyes, you're flattering the audience. Right. If you try to paint something, uh, like for example, abstract painting, mm. then you are cheating those people. Right. So I think that's the point. Mm. You have to find a spiritual part of it. Right. Yeah. And this is the thing that that um, that uh, Li Zhou Li Zhou uh, Li Zhou Li Zhou uh, uh, writes about how it's they they would differ in the time of uh, Li Cheng differ between. What's the concept uh, between um, uh, representation and capturing the true spirit? Yes. In order to capture the true spirit, you have to be extremely knowledgeable. Right. It means that you have you need to have contact with the with the nature. Yeah. Yeah. You need a lot of work. Uh, you need need to work a lot to achieve that. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you have to study from the masters, mm. and then you go to the nature. Yeah, yeah, that's the process, I think. And then, uh, you know, it's, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that too. How uh, Li Cheng and Hartwig are more or less twin souls, and. Uh, I, when you talk about how Li Cheng would, this is not a naturalistic portrait of that specific area. No. I mean, they, they don't know really where he painted. No, it's, of course not. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of what, uh, what um, uh, Hartwig did with the Borg Island, where you have this mount, uh, mountain there in the fog or, uh, with the clouds coming over. And we went and looked at the actual Borg Island. So instead of being shaped like you know like this, yeah, there was a whole side to the to the mountain that he had just removed. 
Yes, I, I mean, yeah. um, from what I know, Li Chen, he finished those landscape painting in their home. Yeah. Yes. So it means that he couldn't just uh, keep looking at what he have seen. Right. Uh, he he was he he couldn't do that th things that like those naturalism do. Yeah, he need to change. I mean, yeah. he need to compose the paint the uh, the whole painting. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of things they might he might change. Yeah, and then we're uh, going back to uh, uh, then we're going back to what you said about Tao. Not you know, not being a god, not being judging or helping you in, or anyway, it's just a nature force. Um, and I think if you think like that, it reminds me of what Nietzsche was ta uh, was talking about. He said that when people can reach a state where they no longer strive for reward or fear punishment. That would be like a rainbow after a long storm. Yeah, so. that's a that's a beautiful. Yeah, yeah, thing. and it's the same point. Yes, as far as I understand. And I was just thinking um, to put words in your mouth. <laughs> Do you think that that understanding that Tao is is not judgmental in any way, sort of just releases you from all these attachments, so that you can be much. Well, it's easier for you to think heliocentric. Yes, uh, I, I, um, John has said something very similar. Yeah. When he said that when he let go everything, yeah, let go, um, it, it's just the let go of society. It means that he no longer pursuing a reward, or they he he's not going to get any punishment. Right. And then he becomes some kind of animal when he touched the the uh, when he touched the water. He become a big fish when he when he uh, fly into the sky. He becomes a big bird. It's a, it's a very romantic story there. Yeah, well, that's a fantastic yes. image. It's called Quinlan. He becomes that kind of animal. It was of course it was ima uh, he imagined it. Yeah, yeah, and that's also a thing. I remember on a side note. I remember talking to a, a, um, a student who was, uh, was at Aldenel's farm once, um, David Ransom. And I never forget that. He talked about um, uh, uh, what he called those. They, they were trying to make, sort of, to make gold. Um, what's the concept? Um, anyways, in their in the hermetic writing, sort of secret writings. Um, they would say that, okay, there was a recipe of how to create gold. And one thing was about drinking something very poisonous. And there were some people who took that literally. And of course they died. So I think when, with any kind of, of intelligent philosophy, like Taoism, you cannot just say, okay, I should move to a hut in the forest. You have to say, think. What does he is he actually saying? It's a state of mind, and not not doing of the course. exact same thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it also is very similar to me. Uh, okay, so when you get into a sort of a heliocentric way of thinking, that is also quite similar to what Aristotle is talking about. He's saying. 
you know, things, making things worse than they are, that's comedy. As they are, that's, uh, you know, fine, but that's uh, it's not so interesting. But making them better than they are, that's the goal you should pursue. Yes. So there are very strong similarities, though they not, might, might not appear yes. similar Chinese and, and West, classical Western uh, painting. I mean, it seems that, I mean, Melkonic hmm. is the destination hmm. when they all follow the nature law and they yeah. all, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Li Chen, he didn't paint this, I mean, in purpose to make it Melkonic, but he, but the result is Melancholy. Yes, it would look melancholy. by nature law. You can yes. you get to that if you really study. Yes, if you study it, because for example, I I I I was told several times that my portraits are very, I mean, they have a sad looking face. Right. It's very melancholic. But I, to be honest, I didn't mean to do it in that way. Yeah. I was just being conscious and I was just being logical. I tried to make it better. Yeah. That's why what I did, yeah. And it finally, eventually, it turned out the portrait becomes very melancholic. Yeah, I think that's why I love my wife. She doesn't like humor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, then there's there's some kind of uh, security there, and it's a fascinating uh, fascinating concept. When you study things really thoroughly, you get to. Maybe that's how how it was. Everything was spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By careful study, <laughs> and it reminds me of something. You know, we we had on the last uh, program, uh, we had uh, Willem Heimdall sitting in, in that chair, and uh, that was f a fantastic interview. And he t talked about, um, uh, or, or we talked about Don Rosa, the American cartoonist. And w when I looked at Don Rosa, he's been he says quite often that um, he, when people really admire him, he, he thinks it's a bit strange because he was only concerned with making a good story. And that was his goal. So he wasn't trying to reach that, you know, being famous or being liked no. or so, but he was just trying to do good work. Yeah. And it's, it seems very similar. I mean, this is the, that's also what, what I want to talk to you about. Uh, this thing, uh, if I've understood Taoism correctly, this thing about the best thing is not to try. It seems very strange. And that's, I guess, is, the, is uh, what could sound sort of modern arty. You know, forget about training and doing handcraft or so, just, you know, uh, do whatever you want. But can you explain that? Is that connected with Wu Wei? Yes. Don't try, just follow. Yeah. Don't try. Don't try to do anything that in purpose. And you follow the nature. Yeah. And I think the nature, eventually, it will reward you something. Right, right. It's also what you do with children. If you want them to yes, of not course. scream so much, you don't say, don't scream, don't scream. And for example, oh. if you want to educate your son, you don't go to the bookstore and buy buy a books that uh, tell you how to educate uh, children. You just have to be a good father, I mean, <laughs> good people. Be a good people, good person. And I think that your son will... You just destroy the whole market for children uh, educating... Yes, uh, I, I think that your son is going to... Um, the, he will naturally imitate you. 
Right. That's how it is. That's how nature is. Right. <laughs> For example, if you are a very bad person yeah. and you tell your son, "Oh, no, don't do this, don't do that," yeah. and that's that's not true because yeah. it's not from, it's not something from your heart. Okay. So 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 Taoism is not. Um, I mean, it helps you quite personally as well. Yes. It's not just a quick fix book for painters. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's, it helps. I mean, it helps everyone. Right. Yeah. Especially this thing that you mentioned about, okay, if your friend has a nice car, well, that's his car. It's <laughs> for, fine. Forget You're about it. <laughs> yeah. Because people get influenced by whatever you are surrounding. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Then you might uh, change your mind because maybe today I want to be a great uh, figurative painters, but you are poor. Mm. You don't have money. You see that those guy who is working with those art modern art gallery, mm. they make a lot of money. Mm. They buy their own fancy car. Then you might change. Right. Yeah. You might change. Right. That's something you shouldn't follow. It's your desire. I see this immediate immediate uh, desire. Or you, you should understand there's a greater desire yes. for you. Right. Okay. Um, okay, uh, how does this fit in? Um, there are... This thing about ma the manipulation of perspective. Yes. It, they will guide your side. I mean, guide, guide your view. They but will why, why would they do that? How could Taoism study nature, lead to manipulating nature. Because he become the master of it. Right. When he studied from nature, he got the knowledge, yeah. then he could use it freely, effortless, effortlessly. Right. That's how it is. Well, it's like... If you, you are not knowledgeable enough, I mean, things could be very awkward, Yeah. I think. Yeah. So this, this manipulation of perspective that we've been talking about is just fascinating um, and this is exactly what Li Cheng is doing here and the same thing that Hartwig is doing in the Borg Island. Can you say a little bit about this thing, uh, about inverting the perspective? Well, um, it's obvious when you're looking at these pictures, you can see that how he was uh, make, how, how he made the mountains I mean, the down part of the mountain weakers, weaker. Yeah, or, or lighter in the valley. Yes, yeah. li li lighter. Yeah. And, and then it creates space. Yeah. Yeah, because when you look at those mountains, I mean, in person, it doesn't yeah. look like this. No, no. 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 And you, you could see that they, all those details in, in the from sea, uh, from, from view. Yeah, in, in the foreground. Yes. And you could see a lot of things there. Yeah. And... In this in this way, it creates space too. Right. Yes. Right. And and there are several. This is also you see that in in Leonardo, yeah. the different angles, uh, and in, in the Borg Island, he, uh, it's of course a different motif, but there are surprising similarities in the effect, where that uh, in the foreground, you know, you have the the, the typical um, Renaissance perspective going. Going like this. Oh yeah, but then the the Borg Island, the perspective is the other way. I mean, I remember Alden was talking about how the painting sees you. 
Instead of you going into the painting, the painting comes out to you. Yes. And that's what it does. I mean, in the foreground, it goes inwards. And then in the upper part of the painting with the Borg Island, it goes out yeah, like you, this. Yeah, you got a feeling and, like that too. You yeah, yeah. See, You could see the mountain is going yeah. out. Yeah. It's coming out yeah. to you. It's so weird. It's so weird. And you can still see those... Uh, some secret small landscape here? Yes, that's fascinating. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the same thing that Hartwig does. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, in the, in the Borg Island, you go to the bottom right corner there. Yeah, exactly. It's bottom right corner here too. And you can, you can hold you know, over the last little uh, um, the angle there, or the little uh, corner there. And then suddenly you get a new heaven a horizon and some some uh, some uh, it may seem like a farm or something like that and it's hidden in the totality of the, the whole yeah exactly if whole. you cut this part out of this yeah. pictures yeah. it becomes a whole new landscape yeah but they but they both managed to do that without it being uh, you know blah 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 a no, lot of talking no. it's an amazing that's thing. amazing and it's so far away from naturalism Yes. <laughs> okay, so if this is something you can reach through Taoism, the philosophy of Taoism, is this, to talk in very art historical terms, is this still valid today? <laughs> How of can course. it help a figurative painter today? Well, um, first, uh, as what, what, we, what we have talked about, uh, for example, John was saying that you should was saying that you should uh, leave the society. You should live in the woods like animals. I mean, that's it's just a metaphor, right? Yeah. What he was trying to say is, you should leave those things that's meaningless things. I mean, meaningless, should, meaningless thing. Yeah. You should find those fight. You should leave those superficial things and right. find a spiritual part of it of uh, the things that you're facing. Right. Yeah. For example, when I was uh, in, in France, I mean, I was, uh, I applied for the art academy in Strasbourg. And then the professor told me that you were too traditional for us. Right. Then I, when I face, when I confronted that and I have, a, have two choice, maybe I could change, I could change to adapt them. I could change to become a modern artist, right? But I didn't, because I, I, I don't really like anything that's going on there. And why didn't you not change? And I think that's something. Uh, that's something. Um, what drones have been talking about? You should leave. Right. Yeah. I mean that. That is the thing that you should leave. Right. Well, that's is, my decision. Is that what is meant with the metaphor of water to be like water? Yeah, they, they, yeah, we have a saying like to be water, but um, it's like to be water is like uh, you you need to be flexible enough. Yeah. To be everything, water right. could, could could crush could crush the stone and you right. could flow. Right. So, if, so if, it's not about being meek and weak and... Uh, no, no. It's a fascinating concept. Yeah. And 
that's what you're suggesting, suggesting then for young figurative painters or for any figurative painter today. Yes, of course, you should always try to look for those things which is timeless. Right. Yeah, that's my opinion. That's perfect. Yeah, if you listen to things, uh, if you listen to the society, I mean, they're, they're always trying to tell you what to do. Right. They have rules, boundaries, limitation. And if you listen to them, I think that's a waste of life. Because we, 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 we are supposed to pursue something more valuable. Right. And we, um, I think that's what we should do. And that's what you get with reading about Tao. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. Chengwu, thank you for coming to the Cave of Pelis. And thank you for watching. Remember, you can support our channel at caveofapelis.com. I'll see you next month.